Hello and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. Thank you. How safe do you feel when you're walking through a new neighborhood? That's the question today. And what changes your perception of safety when you're walking through an unfamiliar neighborhood? That's right. What, what would be important for you or what would affect <clears throat> your feeling of safety? That's the question today. We're going to be speaking with Patrick an- McClanahan. This is someone who's spent a long time researching crime criminology from a psychological perspective. We're going to go down to him in Freiburg, Germany at the Max Planck Institute for the Research of Criminology, Security, and Law. Science Unscripted. Hi, my name is Patrick McConaughey. I'm a criminologist at the Max Planck Institute for the Study of Crime, Security, and Law. And recently I published a paper with colleagues from Leiden University using virtual reality to study environmental interventions and how they might influence average citizens' perceptions of fear of crime. Patrick, can you just explain this study? You put virtual reality what, goggles on, on participants in the study. What were they looking at? What were they doing? Right. So we had we created two virtual neighborhoods. In both neighborhoods, the participants were instructed to kind of imagine that they were walking home from work one day and they kind of stumble upon this new area and they want to explore it. And their kind of goal, if you will, is to just explore this area and see if it's a place that they would maybe want to live at in the future. So they kind of had freedom to roam around these virtual neighborhoods. And you're very right. They used um, virtual reality headset goggles for the study and they could explore the neighborhood at their own freedom. One neighborhood we manipulated to have what we call dynamic motion-activated street lighting. So as they approach things like lampposts, the lighting would increase. In another neighborhood, we used what's called a watching eyes intervention. Now, the watching eyes intervention is used to actually decrease criminal behavior and increase pro-social behavior. And so participants are either exposed to the watching eyes or the increased lighting or a neutral control condition. And we want to understand how these environmental interventions influence their fear of crime, if they thought they were going to be a victim of crime in that neighborhood. And which of these interventions had the, the best outcome for people's fears? Which one made the people living there or walking around in these virtual neighborhoods feel safest? Neither, I would say. Uh, the, when it came to the lights, again, I think what we found was that people felt relatively safe in this neighborhood to begin with. So it was hard to make them feel even safer with improved lighting. So with the lighting, we would say there was no effect, but we don't think that's a a negative thing. We just think that it depends on where the lighting is and how it's used. And in in this neighborhood, people felt relatively safe overall, so they didn't almost need improved street lighting. But what we found was the actual counterproductive effect with the watching eyes effect. People felt that they were being watched, and that made them feel uncomfortable, which increased their fear of crime. So we have this kind of uh, indirect effect where people see the watching eyes, it makes them feel watched, it makes them feel scrutinized and under someone's uh, gaze, and that makes them feel uncomfortable, which made them feel like they were more likely to be a victim of crime. Is this kind of like when I walk, I don't know, somewhere and suddenly see homes with security cameras everywhere? Right. So the security camera makes maybe a motivated offender feel watched and uncomfortable, and then they avoid that area. But the security camera can make anyone feel that way. So if you're walking down the street and you have no intentions of committing a crime, but you all of a sudden feel like you're under the scrutiny, you might just feel a little bit more, you know, on edge and a little more uh, uncomfortable. And that was the whole premise of testing this effect. If street lamps um, that turn on when you walk by them aren't all that effective in, in making people feel significantly safer when they're walking through a neighborhood, what is I think a lot of people out there want to just, they want to feel really safe all the time. What does it? 
Yeah, so I wouldn't conclude that street lamps are ineffective. I think in this study we show what we call the boundary conditions, kind of the limitations of when it will be effective and when it won't be effective. So I think it's important to remember that street lamps are going to be effective when they're used right, particularly in the right place. Um, when you think about this question of what's going to make people feel safer, I guess in general on, or on average, now, this is just kind of my opinion. I want to make that, that clear. I would say it comes down to the community relations that they're in. Um, we're creatures of habit. We have our routines. We tend, tend to stick in those circles. So I think it really comes down to what the ethos or what someone feels when they're in their average, their, their home neighborhood or walking through the same street they do every day to work. I think that's really kind of this higher level thinking, uh, this higher level intervention. Do you share my completely personal opinion, which is that people are too scared of, of crimes happening compared to the statistics on, on how likely it actually is going to happen? People are more scared than they should be? I would say I, I uh, conservatively share that opinion because my, my immediate kind of next step would be, but it depends on what that fear leads to. Um, if you're able to recognize your fear and still go about your daily life, in a kind of socio-normative way, then the fear is okay. Like it's not leading to anything detrimental. If that fear either leads to um, prejudice or hate crime, or you completely withdrawing from life and staying in your house, then that fear is now a bigger concern for me. Um, I think it really depends on what that fear leads to. Personally, Patrick, I am really lax when it comes to uh, crime prevention, I often leave my garage door open, the gates open. Uh, and when neighbors pass by, there have been some remarks like, what are you doing, Gabe? Yeah. There was a break in here. The poles are going to come. There's a lot of these racist attitudes. Uh, people are mm -hmm. just afraid of what's going on on the street. We live in a, li a little German town, totally safe. What do I say to, to the pharmacist is one of the guys who always says it to me. Like, what are you doing? What do I say to the pharmacist next time he says something like that to, to, to calm him down, to, to convince him or persuade him or explain to him that it's not as dangerous as he thinks it is in our neighborhood? Personally, I think when you talk about attitudinal change at that level, you, you kind of have an uphill battle. I always, I always tell friends, you can't argue rationally with someone coming from an irrational perspective. So the best thing you can do when someone says something like a racist remark of, you know, this demographic of people are causing all these problems in the neighborhood. What are you doing? Just simply, why do you think it's that, that demographic and see how they and then keep going for, OK, but I'm going to push you further. Why then? Why then? Why this? Why that? And eventually they're going to realize that they either have to contradict themselves or they don't have the answer. And I think that personal revelation that you make them experience is going to be far more effective than you just trying to give them facts. Because again, they're coming from an irrational place and your rationality is not going to help them see the truth. Patrick, up to this point, we've been talking uh, about how people I, kind of how, how they estimate, overestimate crime probabilities, how they should possibly chill out. Let's flip to another study that you did a couple years ago, which I believe mm -hmm. you put, did you, did you put VR goggles on criminals? I did, yes. So for this study, it's called the Virtual Burglary Project. Um, I went into prisons in the state of Pennsylvania for six months, collecting data from individuals who were currently incarcerated who had burglary experience. I put them in virtual reality um, in neighborhoods and essentially had them explore these neighborhoods for burglary targets. Okay, so let's speak to our fearful citizens out there who 
may very well be in a situation where they justifiably feel like they might get burgled. Um, Mm -hmm. Based on what the burglars did or didn't do with those goggles on, uh, how, how can they make their houses safer? Or how can they become less of a target of burglary? So this is where I want to preface that this is a very American-centric study, and even more so two areas that would be a neighborhood outside of a city, just because I don't necessarily know if these results would replicate to Germany, because so much of burglary comes down to architecture and how the house is designed, which obviously is a very big difference in America to Germany. So prefacing that, Connor, I'm sorry, but you need to close your garage door. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. It's got it, Patrick. It's the, um, the number one thing I took away from these interviews was a lot of times people who are motivated to break into a house look for laziness. It doesn't take them three minutes to walk in and grab $300 worth of tools and walk out. Um, And when you advertise what you own, either directly by having uh, your garage door open that they can see you have valuable tools or anything like that, or your garage door is open and then the door connecting the garage to the house is unlocked, you're pretty much just, you're kind of like, they're like window shopping in that essence. Or indirectly by, so one of the things I manipulated in my virtual reality neighborhood is I, next to the trash cans for the house, I included a large empty cardboard box for a flat screen TV, indicating that this, whoever owns this house just bought a flat screen TV. The participants really loved this house. They said, well, look, they got a flat screen TV. So I know they got that in there for sure. So some people would even take the TV. Other people saw it as like, I don't want your TV. It's too big. I'm going to look ridiculous walking down the street with a TV. But that tells me you have disposable income. What else do you have worth of value? What else do you got in there? If you're spending three grand on a TV, you must have other values. So don't get lazy. You know, if you're just going around to the corner to the shop to get some milk or whatever it is, still lock your door, still close your garage. And then don't advertise that you might have profitable things, such as by not breaking down your cardboard boxes. So in the German audience, the, the breaking down the cardboard boxes, putting them in the right trash can, that's a really, a really smart move for crime prevention. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Patrick McClanahan, a psychologist talking to us from Freiburg down in southern Germany here, from the or involved with, associated with the Max Planck Institute for the research of basically crime, security, and law. Yeah, and with some pretty solid tips for for people like me. For you, <laughs> for, for me, for for me personally, I'm gonna I'm gonna start closing the garage door. Yeah, you're inviting. You yeah. you might as well. I guess you might as well put a, a welcome mat. Yeah, welcome burglars. I, yeah, my laziness has turned my house into a win, was it window window shopping. Window shopping for criminals. Window shopping for criminals. Yeah. That Although was... I've been there for two years, Connor, and nothing has happened yet. It's yeah. A testament. I mean, I have to say, we have, we have a... Crime-free nature of the streets of Uncle Germany. We have a gate that the kids leave open, and when that gate is open, you see our entire stash of bicycles. <laughs> and I've always wondered, when's, when's the day going to come where the kid leaves, one of them leaves it open, and all our bicycles are gone? Hasn't happened yet, which possibly contributes to my inflated notion of safety here in Germany. Germany, I remember when I first moved here, Germany feels really safe. You go into an inner city yeah. in the mid- at night um, and you're far more likely, it feels like, to encounter a, a group of drunk people who are merrily going along their way than, than crime. I, that's my personal perception. Yeah, and one thing I've noticed is that you never see police in our town. And it's, it's not that big, somewhere between three and 5,000. But I, I, I've been there for two years. How many times have I seen a cop car patrolling the streets of Uncle? 
I could count them on my fingers, on my hands. On your fingers and hands. <laughs> Two hands for now. The fingers of my fingers. Yeah. I, Seriously. But when I'm back in Beaver Dam in Wisconsin, it seems like every 10 minutes there's a cop car rolling by. I, last thing I'll say on this, we park our car outdoors in a, on a long strip of parking spots. Mm-hmm. And when my parents visited recently, they were looking at all these cars, 20 cars lined up and saying, oof, how often do you get a break-in in the cars? And I, it hadn't even occurred to me. Never in 10 years. Not a single window smashed out. People leave backpacks in there. People leave things inside the cars. It just, I don't know why that's the case here. I hope it never changes. But Germany feels to me, as somebody from the United States living here, like a, 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 very, a very safe place. Mm. Is it perfectly safe? No. Is my assumption about safety correct? According to Patrick, no. What are your assumptions about the safety on your streets and the neighborhoods where you live? We've got listeners all over the world. I'd love to hear from you guys about how safe it is in your neighborhoods and how safe you feel. Send us an email at su at dw.com. Science Unscripted.